Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 151. Today we're going to read the somewhat famous story of Jonah, often understood as Jonah and the whale, and we'll read from Matthew 11. And in these two big passages, uh, we're going to see that God is serious about what he says and that there is consequences for disobeying him. But at the same time, God is a God of incredible grace and mercy. And so let's begin today, and we'll read the entire book of Jonah. It's not very long. It's a wonderfully written story, and it leaves us with all these things we've been talking about to think about ourselves. So Jonah chapter 1. The Lord's message came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go immediately to Nineveh, that large capital city, and announce judgment against its people because their wickedness has come to my attention. Instead, Jonah immediately headed off to Tarshish to escape from the commission of the Lord. He traveled to Joppa and found a merchant ship heading to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went aboard it to go with them to Tarshish, far away from the Lord. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind on the sea. Such a violent tempest arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break up. The sailors were so afraid that each cried out to his own God and they flung the ship's cargo overboard to make the ship lighter. Jonah, meanwhile had gone down into the hold below deck, had lain down, and was sound asleep. The ship's captain approached him and said, What are you doing asleep? Get up! Cry out to your God. Perhaps your God might take notice of us so that we might not die. The sailors said to one another, Come on, let's cast lots to find out whose fault it is that this disaster has overtaken us. So they cast lots, and Jonah was singled out. They said to him, Tell us, whose fault is it that this disaster has overtaken us? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? And and who are your people? He said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Hearing this, the men became even more afraid and said to him, What have you done? The men said this because they knew that he was trying to escape from the Lord because he had previously told them. Because the storm was growing worse and worse, they said to him, What should we do so that the sea will calm down for us? Jonah said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea so that the sea will calm down for you because I know it's my fault you are in this severe storm. Instead, they tried to now row back to land, but they were not able to do so because the storm kept growing worse and worse. So they cried out to the Lord saying, Oh, please, Lord, don't let us die on account of this man. Don't hold us guilty for shedding uh, the shedding of innocent blood. After all, you, Lord, have done just as you have pleased. So then they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped raging. The men feared the Lord greatly and earnestly vowed to offer lavish sacrifices to the Lord. The Lord sent a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish and said, I called out to the Lord from my distress, and he answered me. From the belly of Sheol I cried out for help. And you heard my prayer. 
You threw me into the deep waters, into the middle of the sea. The ocean current engulfed me. All the mighty waves you sent swept over me. I thought I had been banished from your sight, and I thought that I would never again see your holy temple. Water engulfed me up to my neck. The deep ocean surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I went down to the very bottoms of the mountains. The gates of the netherworld barred me in forever. But you brought me up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I called out to the Lord, and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Those who worship worthless idols forfeit the mercy that could be theirs. But as for me, I promise to offer a sacrifice to you with a public declaration of praise. I will surely do what I have promised. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto the dry land. The Lord's message came to Jonah a second time, saying, Go immediately to Nineveh, that large city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah went immediately to Nineveh, in keeping with the Lord's message. Now Nineveh was an enormous city. It required three days to walk through it. Jonah began to enter the city by going one day's walk, announcing, At the end of forty days, Nineveh will be overthrown. The people of Nineveh believed in God, and they declared a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest to the least of them. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne, took off his royal robe, put on a sackcloth, and sat on ashes. He issued a proclamation and said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, no human or animal, cattle or sheep, is to taste anything. They must not eat, and they must not drink water. Every person and animal must put on sackcloth and must cry earnestly to God, and everyone must turn from their evil ways of living and from the violence that they do. Who knows, perhaps God might be willing to change his mind and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we might not die. When God saw their actions, that they turned from their evil ways of living, God relented concerning the judgment he had threatened them with, and he did not destroy them. This displeased Jonah terribly, and he became very angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, this is just what I thought would happen when I was in my own country. This is what I tried to prevent by attempting to escape to Tarshish because I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in mercy, and one who relents concerning threatened judgment. So now, Lord, kill me instead, because I would rather die than live. And the Lord said, Are you really so very angry? Jonah left the city and sat down east of it. He made a shelter for himself there and sat down under it, under its shade to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God appointed a little plant and caused it to grow up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to rescue him from his misery. Now Jonah was very delighted about the little plant. So God sent a worm at dawn the next day and it attacked the little plant so that it dried up. When the sun began to shine, God sent a hot east wind. So the sun beat down on Jonah's head and he grew faint. So he despaired of life and said, I would rather die than live. God said to Jonah, Are you really so very angry about that little plant? And he said, I am as angry as I could possibly be. The Lord said, You were upset about this little plant, something for which you did no work, nor did you do anything to make it grow. It grew up overnight and died the next day. Should I not be more concerned about Nineveh, this enormous city? There are more than 120,000 people in it who do not know right from wrong as well as many animals. And there's God calling Jonah out 
Jonah, who should have known better, Jonah knew what God was like. He knew that God would bring judgment, but he knew that God was a God of mercy. And Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because he didn't want to pronounce judgment on them because he was afraid that they would repent and God would show mercy. And they were a sworn enemy of Jonah and the people of Israel, the people of Nineveh. And yet here's God showing Jonah and showing us that if we've been shown mercy by God, if we've been cared for by God, if we have been shown great mercy from ju- instead of judgment by God, then why should we not share that with others? And why should we not care about people as God cares about people and animals and care about this world all around us? And so this is a great indictment and warning, especially to Christians, that if we are people who know the wonder of God's love and his grace, then we are called to share that love and grace with others so that they too could turn to God and experience it themselves. And that leads us to our final passage today from Matthew uh, chapter 11. And in this chapter, we'll see and hear more of how Jesus is explaining and teaching us about what it means to be one of his followers. And when Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their towns. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds Christ had done, he sent his disciples to ask a question. Are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? Jesus answered them, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news proclaimed to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. While they were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John, saying, What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Look, those who wear soft clothing are in the palaces of kings. What did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and forceful people lay hold of it. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John appeared. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. The one who has ears had better listen. To what should I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces who call out to one another, We played the flute for you, yet you did not dance. We wailed in mourning, yet you did not weep. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunk, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Then Jesus began to criticize openly the cities in which he had done many of his miracles because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! If the miracles done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it would be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will be thrown down to Hades. For if the miracles done among you had been done in Sodom, it would have continued to this day. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for the region of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. 
No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son decides to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my load is not hard to carry. And so, as we've seen throughout, God is a God of mercy, but he's also a God of judgment. And we see this warning of Jesus, but also this final invitation to come to all who are weary and to find rest in Jesus as we repent and turn to him. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there.